Hey, Christine. Hey, Selena. How are you? Uh, I am good. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on last couple of days. Tell um, me. Well, so today is Monday. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't get trick-or-treaters. It's no fun. You don't? Oh, well, no, right. we don't even have sidewalks out here. Right. We're out in the boonies, yeah. essentially. Well, I do. And my favorite trick-or-treaters tonight are going to be my Bella babies. Of course they are. They're so adorable. I cannot wait. Sorry. Speaking of Bella babies, my son was just trying to call me. Um, Yeah. And then bigger and better than that was Jim and I celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary this weekend. Yesterday. Congratulations. That's awesome. It was so fun. So to celebrate, we went out and went out to dinner. We went to Thai Wat and got some Thai food, which was he, he's not really into that, but he was like, whatever you want. And that was right after we bought a couch. Um, let me, let me clarify. That was right after you no. bought my couch. Oh, wow. This is funny. Um, no, actually what happened is you bought my couch no, before ma'am. I could buy my couch. No, okay. Let's just, I believe just ownership actually comes when you have purchased said item and I purchased so, it months ago. I didn't even for know. The no, no, stop right here. I didn't even know when I purchased it that you had ever looked at it. I didn't know. I'm I had no gonna, idea. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop because I will call my friend Stacy Folk right now. She actually went with me in 2019, right before COVID. I looked at this couch. I, I like salivated over this couch because it is absolutely amazing and then I went with a much 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 cheaper option that every time we sit on it causes pain reminds you that it was that much yeah. cheaper and yeah. you know going back to the sleep episode we talked about, I think we talked about like not doing anything in bed yeah. mm-hmm. except sleep right and well and obviously the other but um and so it's so uncomfortable for us to sit on the couch that a lot of times Jim will be like, we have to go upstairs in our room and watch TV. So now gotcha. put an end to that misery. So I didn't buy that in 2019, but it's it was my couch starting in 2019. And then you happened to buy it unknowingly. You bought it. That's just yeah. how similar taste is. It's really I know. Crazy. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But again, so, it's not your couch until you bought it. Well, whatever. Sorry, babe. So now. I got, I got my couch. It's coming on Friday. And I'm so happy. That's exciting. So, so happy. Because yeah. we love our couch. We absolutely love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it too. Clearly. It's so comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's fun. So, happy anniversary to you. Thank you. Thank you. And you weren't yeah. feeling good for the last couple of days and you're feeling better and it's great to see you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was really stupid. So we went um, Friday and took our daughter to Rutgers University, which is one of the colleges she's really hoping to attend next year in the fall. And um, mm-hmm. we had taken her there in the summer and did a self-guided tour. But this time we did the official tour with like actual people and you get on buses and they take you around and whatever. And it was awesome. And we were home, I want to say by three o'clock on Friday. And by five o'clock, I was saying to Frank, I don't think I feel good. And by eight o'clock, there was no question. I was not feeling good. So I spent the entire weekend on the couch. I did not 
move the whole weekend did not move and which I felt terrible because Frank worked his butt off all weekend oh Oh my gosh he I mean seriously he was outside Saturday and Sunday from I want to say 10 in the morning till like four I think on Sunday he was out there till five because he was doing different stuff the pool yesterday it makes me oh she's so sad now I can't even visit her she's all covered up I know it's such a bummer but anyway so I woke up this morning feeling significantly better thank god because I had a lot of stuff to do today but yeah that was just a unnecessary blip in our plans and that's just stupid but so sorry but I'm really glad. Well, maybe I should talk about this when we record on the next one, because Frank and I are going away this weekend, this coming weekend as a anniversary birthday combo. So that'll be fun. But I'll talk more about that on our next episode when we record later this week. Yeah. So yeah, nothing exciting to report. I I stayed all weekend on my, my awesome couch. Whatever. Yep. You did (laughs) on yours. And then I'll have mine and it will be the same, but on the same couch, look, we didn't buy the same car. So we have that going for us. Well, that's true. Yeah. And we could have, that is very, very true. Yeah. We could have. Yes. Well, I am really excited about this conversation today. I feel like it could be three or four or a lifetime of episodes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel honestly, Christine, I feel like this could be like a whole separate podcast like yeah. just dedicated to this one topic, because today we're going to be talking about midlife, midlife mm-hmm. in general, and particularly midlife in women, because we don't have the experience of being in midlife as a man, obviously. But what was so interesting to mm-hmm. me is when you and I got together and we started researching for this topic, we could not, could not search for midlife without all the searches coming up midlife crisis. We searched midlife, we searched midlife in women, we searched midlife in men, and every single link went right away to midlife crisis. Ridiculous. Why has it got to be a crisis? It doesn't. And and not only does it not need to be a crisis, but in one of the articles, I think the one that you sent me, says that only 26% of people in midlife reported ever experiencing something like a midlife crisis. That is a very small percentage of people. So I just think there's a lot to be Mm -hmm. said about this because man, crisis is, it doesn't have to be crisis. It's very, yeah. And the other thing that is very, yeah, I hate that word crisis. Um, I think that it can feel like a crisis, but I think that it doesn't have to. And I love, I love that we're going to talk about this today. But the other thing that was fascinating to me is the guy that coined the term, his name is Elliot Jacques, um, was 48 years old. He coined the term midlife crisis in 1965. Um, And interestingly enough, that in his own midlife and beyond, He didn't seem to live with a sense of limitations. It says that in the 38 years between the publication of that paper about midlife crisis, when he Mm -hmm. coined that term, and his death in 2003 at age 86, he wrote 12 books. He consulted to the U.S. Army, the Church of England, and a wide variety of companies. He married 
Catherine Kaysen, who was his wife and collaborator for more than 30 years, and founded a consulting company devoted to the dissemination of their ideas with his wife. That is one hell of a midlife. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like he lived two separate lives. One, and we talked about this the other day. I love this. Um, I think we read something that talked about, you know, the first half of our lives is all about becoming. Yes. And then the second half of our lives is about being. Yes. And then I added to that something I've been thinking a lot about, um, and it's something Nancy Beach, um, who I've been, who's been coaching me a bunch over the last few months, she said to me, you know, the first half of your life is really about getting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second I've heard this half before. of your life, if lived well, should be about giving. Yes. Right. It should be like living in that zone of excellence and and really um, moving out of the spotlight and pushing other people into it. And I just love, I love that. I love mm, that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that whole, I, I wonder for you, when you were a kid and you heard that term midlife crisis or anything, like when anybody talked about menopause or any of that, like what, what did, what was that like for you? Okay. So anytime I hear the term midlife crisis, immediately I think about men men uh-huh. have midlife crises and or crises and what comes to my mind is a red convertible and a 20 something year old blonde with big boobs that is what comes to mind that's it because that's what apparently that's- apparently culturally that's what men do right they ditch their wives yes. for some 20 something that- with huge boobs and they get themselves a red convertible yep. I, I mean am i wrong i it's like a barbie doll right no that Exactly what I was thinking. Where exactly did we the get picture. this yeah. from? Where did we get this from? I want to know. I mean, because it happens. <laughs> What's it? Because it happens. I know. Listen, I mean, I, oh my gosh. I have seen a number of public or even semi public and even not public, but figures, people that I know either peripherally or, you know, whatever. Um, online whose husbands have just like up and left and done that very thing. And I just want to beat them up. I really do. It's like, what, how dare you, you know, this woman gave you how many children and was with you since you're teenagers and you just up and find some 20 something blonde, like, sir, you are 50. Knock it off. Yeah. Gross. Stop it. That's creepy. (laughs) You're gross. (laughs) Yes. All of them. So much. Okay. But my question then is, what do you think of when it comes to midlife and women? And then I'll tell you what I think of. What do I think of in terms of midlife? Like what comes to mind, same as we said for the men, when yeah. you think about midlife crisis involving women, what do you see? Well, interesting because I thought a lot about this. When I was little, I remember my grandmother referring to going through the change. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's what she called it. Um, and basically I think what happened because she stayed at home for like all of her life, she worked part-time little part-time jobs. Um, but for the most part, her focus was raising children. And then it was her grandchildren. She played a huge role in my life. And so I think though, she got to a place when I saw like, as far as I could see midlife crisis, it was then like, okay, now my life's over. My grandfather died. So now she's a widow. Mm. And so she didn't have a life. 
I think it's interesting that now Gen Xers, people who were born, uh, what is it, between like 65 and 80, yeah. considered Gen Xers, um, they have been so busy uh, many times with building careers and doing all of the things that men also do. And then they get to a place, we get to a place where we're still parenting. We're we're also, because boomers are living even oh, yeah. longer. Right. And so yep. now we're also parenting or and starting to grandparent, but now we're also caring for our par- our own parents. Yeah. Um and trying to figure out, and then there's hormonal imbalances. Lord of right? mercy, is there so <laughs> there's the hormonal things, there's the we talked about sleep for the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah. But like episodes. So you're waking up in the middle of the night hot having heat flashes or just waking up in the middle of the night not being able to go to sleep and I think in some ways for me I look at this because I'm clearly I'm 52 years old I'm going through this yeah um there's it's a it's a point in my life where it's almost like it's just an opportunity to say okay it can be if we choose can be an opportunity to say, okay, there's changes happening, right? There are hormonal things. And by the way, go get your hormones tested. Yes, please. Very rare. There is no reason to be miserable. None. Yeah. There is help to be had. So many times like depression and things like that and stem from hormonal imbalances. Not all the time, please. I'm not a doctor and I'm not, but I just like know from personal experience that when your hormones are off, Mm It affects so many things. And so when you are going through perimenopause, your estrogen is starting to decrease, your uh, testosterone is starting to decrease, like these different hormones are decreasing, which obviously leads to physical changes and even mental changes. Um, But so, and, but we, and we don't talk about it, right? Well, no. No, because none of us really want it to happen to us. And none, and okay. Can I tell you another reason why I think we don't talk about it mm-hmm. is because of how much value our culture play places on youth. God forbid oh, we admit gosh, yes. we're getting older because older equals yep. irrelevant, irrelevant as yes. far as our culture goes, irrelevant and invisible. And so of course we don't want to talk yep. about this because that's not me. Mm-mm, I yeah. am. 35 Nobody wants to feel that way. Right. It's, it's, yep. So then unbelievable to me, actually being here. At, and it's at, what's happening then. Good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What's happening is what? I was going to say, what happens is then I'm seeing it all around me and I'm trying, I'm having this crisis myself going, am I going to fall into this camp? And this does not come from, from a place of judgment. i I believe me, please, with all of my heart, there's no mm-hmm. judgment in it. I'm saying I'm at a place right now where I look in the mirror and I go, oh, yeah, more wrinkles. Mm, yeah. Okay. Like even sometimes I'll be like driving and I'll look in the mirror and I see like the wrinkles in like the, what's this called? The, um, like the neck, right? Like, yeah. You know, Nora like, Efron has a book called, I feel bad about my neck. It's all about oh, that's women funny. in midlife. And yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. And so like, that's a, that's a big sign, right? And, and so I think to myself, okay, because what I see happening is people my age are digging their heels in and fighting with everything they have to stay looking younger. 
Botox, all of the things, dyeing your hair, all of those things. And I am at a place right now where I'm like, just because I can doesn't mean I should. And just because other people are doing it doesn't mean I should. And so what am I going to do? And I get so mad. Here's a statistic. 50% of people are midlife age. 50% of people in our country. I heard 50% are midlife midlife. is considered between 40 and 65. Yeah. Pretty generally accepted. Yeah. I was thinking 40 and 60, but okay, let's go with that. 40 and 65. So 50% of the people are, but only 15% of the marketing is geared toward us. Of course. Of course it is. Out of all the marketing is geared toward us. Which is so dumb because we're the ones with all the money. (laughs) Yes. Like, seriously, we were broke in our 20s. Like, why are you wasting advertising dollars on people who are broke? Anyway, good. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, so that's where I'm at with it. I answered your question in a very long way because I, you know, I just, that's where I'm at right now. I'm going, okay, got a lot of gray hairs amongst Mm -hmm. all this red. And do I want to die? And my stylist a couple of years ago said to me, you know what? No, Christine, rock the gray. Mm. And those words stuck with me. I was like, rock the gray. Huh. And so, so far I'm rocking the gray. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but, but I'm like, it makes me mad because I think, why do we have to pay all of this money, go to these extreme measures to look younger than we are? Why can't we like... Culture needs to shift where we actually value people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, right? Because at the same time, in this midlife season, I believe with all of my heart, most people, and I can speak for myself, I have never felt more comfortable in my skin. Yeah. I'm excited about the fact that, like, I am free to be me. Holy cow. Like, for all of these years, I have been so, like, ah, thinking about what everybody's thinking about me. And, like, some of the filters are off and some, you know, there's just this, um, I don't know. There's, there's so many good things to look forward to, but sometimes I think we may miss it because we're fighting so hard. Oh yeah. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. It's interesting because I I know I had mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I have thought more about midlife over this last year than any time in my life ever. I'm actually going to be 45 on Friday of this week. And that number for whatever reason was the one that made me go, Oh crap. (laughs) Like, Oh, how did we get here? I'm not sure. I thought I'd live this long. Like this is crazy. Um, it's so mm-hmm. funny. One of Frank's coworkers has a saying, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself, <laughs> which is kind of funny, oh. but, um, I've thought uh-huh. about it a lot. And what's so interesting is I, I, I have always been in the camp of like, yeah, I'm, I'm going down swinging. I'm going down with the Botox. I'm going down with the hair color. I'm going down with all these things and hear me. I have nothing against any of these things. If, if that's what you want to do, knock yourself out. I mean, truly. And and I mean that with zero judgment whatsoever. Um, because, because I could do it in a heartbeat who, who even knows. Um, but now that I'm here, I kind of don't want to, and I don't know if it's that, that rebel personality in me 
that makes me want to like stick my middle finger up to culture and say, you know what, bite me. Like you will take my gray hair and you will like it. Like, you know, um, and and again, I don't know that it'll stay that way. I mean, as, as it is right now, I'm scheduled in two weeks for highlights. Right. But also I'm going to get highlights so that I can get them done. Like white color your hair, right? What's that? I did. I did. You do color your hair. I have not colored my hair since the first week of June. I have not done any colors since oh. the first week of June. So all that bright stuff you're seeing right now, as you look at me, that is stark white hair. That is all mine. <laughs> I have, here's the thing with my mm-hmm. hair. I literally have chunks that are like two inches wide and maybe two inches deep of solid white around my head in different places. And mm-hmm. then I have little strands of white everywhere else. I don't have gray. I have chunks of solid white. Yeah. And so I'm scheduled for highlights so that I can get more white highlights to blend those chunks a little bit better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this odd thing where it's just like you said, I've never been more comfortable in my own skin. And so now I'm kind of like, I don't really want to change it. And for what, Hmm. for what? So that, so that I'll get cat called by some guy on the street. No, thank you. I didn't like it when it happened in my twenties and teen years why on earth would I like it at 45? Like, is, is that really what we're doing this for? To be desirable, to be sexually desirable. Is that really what it boils down to? Because if that's it, I need a better reason. Mm -hmm. I need a better reason. Mm. I gotta be honest. We gotta go back. Cause when you talked about being catcalled, I never liked it. I thought it was disgusting. But there, I I was just like, until it stopped happening. (laughs) Yes. When it stops happening, I got to be honest. Yeah. I notice, I don't even know how to say this because it's just been more of a feeling that I've had. Um, just realizing that other people aren't really looking at me. Yes. Oh, no, no. Look at me. 100%. I feel you. And so when you talked earlier about that feeling of being invisible and irrelevant, I like, I so resonate with that. Like, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want anybody to desire me, but my husband truly like, I like in my heart of hearts, like that's all that matters to me. But that did as much as I hated it. It, yeah. Like you just said, it was validating in a way, in a not healthy way. Right. Right. But culturally, you know, this is just how it is here. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so interesting because again, I, I just, I don't even want it. And yet it's that feeling of invisibility. You know what that made me think of? Um, when I was on the Rachel Ray show back in 2014, and for those of you who don't know this about me, I was on the Rachel Ray show in 2014. I had a whole segment um, where I had to trade beauty routines with somebody who never, ever does their hair or makeup. I was coming at this from the person who never leaves the house without their hair or makeup fully done. We had to trade beauty routines in five days and we got filmed here. Um, they sent a whole crew here to film for a full day, which was exhausting. And you're even in the one clip that aired, actually, Christine. And then um, I had to film at home for five days doing this lack of beauty routine for me, as it was. And one of the places they had me film was over at the grocery store, over at Giant, over on 724. The one here, get a load of this. The one on Van Reed Road would not let us film there because they were remodeling. 
So we weren't allowed oh, to film there. I'm okay. like, you got to be kidding me. It was right next door to my house. Whatever. Get over yourself. So we had to go to the one on 724. And when I filmed there, I'm there. I did not do my hair that day. I have not a stitch of makeup on. And I remember the producer doing like an interview segment with me standing outside of the grocery store and saying, how did that feel? And I said, I felt invisible. I felt mm. invisible. Like nobody wow. saw me. Nobody mm -hmm. looked up because here's the bottom line, whether we like this or want this to be true or not, it is the truth. Pretty privilege is a thing. Pretty yeah. privilege is a thing. People mm -hmm. will pay more attention to you the prettier you are. It's not right. It's not fair, but it is a fact. And so mm -hmm. without that kind of acknowledgement, I felt yeah. invisible. It was bizarre. And now I feel that every day <laughs> when I, when I go places, it's, it's really, it's odd. And, and every now and again, somebody will say something to me, you know, I had, I had a guy in Starbucks um, this was maybe a year ago. I was in line at Starbucks and I don't know how old he was. He might've been my age, but <clears throat> he turned to me and he was the sweetest guy, gay guy. So nice. And he was like, I just want to say to you that I appreciate all the effort you put into your hair and makeup today, because it looks great. I'm like, you are my new best friend. What is your name? Let me have a child and name it after you. Like, cause I love you now. <laughs> Like it was hysterical, oh but thank God. you. Thank you for noticing. Right. But it, it just yeah. doesn't happen like that anymore. It really doesn't. It's so weird. No. no, but I think if we can collectively agree to be okay with it, we yeah. can change things. Here's the thing. Have you ever seen some of those pictures, um, of like, uh, they, there's a thing out there, like a meme out there. That's a picture of the golden girls at when they first started the show with their ages on it and then a picture of all these different celebrities that are that age right now and the difference mm -hmm. oh my gosh oh. age does not look the same these days mm. does not mm. look the same so I think we've made some progress because it used to be like well if you're getting older if you're over 40 you shouldn't have long hair like that's not appropriate right. And dress yeah. appropriately. And, and, you know, the word appropriate usually means something frumpy and stupid. Right. And so, um, I think a lot of that has changed. Um, and mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing that change, but I don't know that it's changed for the right reasons mm. because I wonder if it's not so much about a freedom in middle age, as it is a fight against it to look younger. Hmm. Mm. You just reminded me of something that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. I, I, I wanted to tell you this because it was one of those like, oh my gosh. And this is the perfect time to tell you. I, I was at my godmother's apartment getting onto the elevator and there were people behind me walking up behind us that got on the elevator as well. And so I walked in first. So all they could see was the back of my head. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I turned and the woman went, oh, <laughs> no. And I was like, what? And she started to giggle. And she's like, well, first, I love your hair. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And she goes, yeah, but I, and I don't know if this is mean Oh but no. If you're going to start you a sentence with that, it probably is. Yeah. 
It's if you're gonna start a sentence with that, shut your mouth. Right, just don't say it. Just How don't dare. She goes, So I don't know, I, I don't know if this is mean, but I thought you were a teenager from behind. And then you turned around. <laughs> oh my word. What did you say? Like, what did you I say? I was like, I, I don't even, I don't think I had words. I literally think, cause her friend said to her, yeah, that was mean. Oh gosh. Okay. So that got and awkward it real like, fast. It was one floor elevator, you know? So that yeah. we just got off. I was like, Get I think out of I my was life. like, whatever, have a nice day, you know, and walked out. But like, that is a perfect example of like worrying about, this is something, right? Like I'm constantly worrying about the length of my hair. Yeah. I don't want that to happen where I turn around and somebody's like, oh man, you're old or struggle with like, what do I wear now? Yeah. Because here's the thing inside. I feel like a 30 year old. Right. And then I think I we all do. Yeah. Do Is that true? Okay. Oh my gosh. Totally. I totally forget sometimes that I'm not 30 years old. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my gosh. Or I go to the store to buy clothes and I'm like, do I go to Chico's and Talbot's now? Or can I still go to wherever? Um, I'm trying to, hello. My I favorite. don't know. Where do you go? Oh my gosh. They're, um, American Eagle and like stuff like that, oh, you know? Okay. Oh, listen, oh. I can't shop at American Eagle. Do you know how size, small their sizes run? Dear Lord, oh. you're not the size of a pinky finger. You're not going to fit in there. Well, you would probably fit in there. I'm not going to fit in there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. I just, yeah. So that, that's a very real thing. But again, like, I don't think we talk about that very often. And I don't think, because again, 15% of marketing is geared toward 20 somethings. Um, that like, I don't, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know. And that's a weird, weird, weird place to be. It is. Can I just back up for a second? I Mm -hmm. said our estrogen and testosterone levels decrease. I meant progesterone. Okay. Oh, okay. The gotcha. Gotcha. I'm sure there were people freaking out that you said that. Thank you for the correction. When, when testosterone <laughs> came out, I was like, somebody is going to be like, um, actually, ma'am, get your facts mom. straight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so, I don't, here's, here's what's so cool about midlife though. I have found that in midlife, I'm running out of F's to give. I really, really yeah. am. And I know we yeah. talked about that in another episode too, but yeah. especially over this last year for me, as I've reckoned coming up on with, with coming up on my 45th birthday, I'm just running out. Like, you know what? This is, I'm going to do what makes me happy. I don't need it to make sense to you. I don't need your approval for it. I don't need you to like it too, right? This is me. This is what I need. This is what makes me happy. This is what I'm doing moving forward. I don't care what the status quo is. I don't care. You know, it's so funny because this last year I finally started cutting my hair short again. And what's hysterical about that is I had had my hair short forever. And I first got it cut short when I was 18 in my senior year of high school. And I loved it and everybody loved it. And it was short all through college. And then I became this 20 something, right. Who had kids and was in the church. And, you know, there's, there's a prescription for how you're supposed to look as a young mom, particularly a young mom in church. And it involves hair, at least to your shoulders. 
and a bajillion other things. Right. And so I started growing my hair out then, and I had had, I've had it every length known to man. And I never feel more myself than when it's short. Never. Mm -hmm. Now, if my hair is long and you ask me that question, I'm going to lie to you and tell you, no, that's not true. (laughs) I really am. I'm going to tell you that's not true, but it is the truth. And so Mm -hmm. it's funny because this last year, I really finally started doing that. And, but what's so hard about even something, something so small as your haircut is when you look at everybody online and you look at everybody in, you know, on TV or magazines, although I don't know who buys magazines anymore, but all of those images that are put in front of us, not one of them has short hair, none, none. Mm -hmm. And some of them should, (laughs) some some of them do not have hair to have long hair because that's not the standard description of what is desirable in women in America. It's mm-hmm. long, long hair, long mm-hmm. and, pre- and preferably blonde hair. Right. And so even just coming to terms with that and being like, no, you know what? I'm done. I, I, I've never really liked it. I never liked it. Yeah. Not really. So I'm just not doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point, right? Like I, I, again, the word crisis ticks me off because I don't think it has to be a crisis. I think that again, to normalize feelings, it can feel like a crisis. Absolutely. Because it's change and change is hard and there's new things and, but there's also so much to look forward to. And Well, wait, let me, let me interrupt there though, because I believe that that's a choice. Yeah. That's a choice because a lot of times I see people in midlife, particularly women who get to midlife that they just stop. Like they just stop, stop what everything, right. They, it's like, there's nothing more to live for. I'm done raising my children and I have no other use. So I guess I'll just make dinner for my husband every day and decide Mm. that that's enough. And it shouldn't be. And you know, I hate the word should, but it really shouldn't be because we are more than that. And so I think having things to look forward to is a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. You know, when during the pandemic, during COVID, when I decided, you know what, I'm going back to school. I'm going back to school for positive psychology because I loved that when I was younger, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't on my supposed to path, right. With, with all the different things and how life worked out for me and I'm going to go back and do it. And I love it. We're allowed to reinvent ourselves in Mm -hmm. midlife. It does not mean the end. It can 100% be the beginning. And here's, what's so cool about seeing midlife as a beginning one, typically in midlife, you do have more money, right? I couldn't have afforded to go back to school in my twenties. This is not a chance. Could not have afforded to do that. Um, but also you have more time. Yeah. You have more time. You're not taking care of little kids anymore, right? They don't need you all the time. There's more freedom in that. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have this choice to let it make us or break us. And particularly like I'm looking at next year next fall, we have no kids at home anymore. None. Yeah. And I think about that all the time. What am I going to do with my time? Because I'll tell you what I'm not doing. I am not going to sit around and mope that I don't have anybody that needs me. Yeah. That's you a bunch of crap. You What's will that? For a while. 
Uh, yeah, no, I will for probably 48 <laughs> hours. And then I'm going to make Frank take me to Disney. We've already talked about it. Nice. <laughs> We're going to Disney in September because <laughs> nobody's there and we'll have no kids with yeah. us. So we could just go do something that we love. Right. But I'm not, I don't want to waste the time. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. waste the time. You know, I love what you said, you know, it's a time for, instead of it being a crisis, how about we look at it as a time for reflection and reinvention? Yes. I love that so much. It's the reason that we do this podcast, right? Absolutely. We, we want to give you the matches to ignite your personal revolution. And there's no better time to have a personal resolution than when you feel like, oh my gosh, like you, you look back and you have regrets and I can't wait. We're going to do an episode on regrets. Yeah, we are. Up. We are. Of- and what to do with them. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be so good. But like, this is an opportunity to really look back, reflect. And then I love, you told me the quote, because I, I don't think I'd heard it before about oh, Brene Brown. Brene yeah. Brown, midlife is the time when the universe grabs you by the shoulders and says, I'm not effing around anymore. Use your gifts. I yes. love Brene Brown is, uh, she's just a national treasure. Yeah. yeah. So midlife is an opportunity to discover your gifts, to discover your unique, like, how are you wired? You probably spent, and this is not everybody has children, right? And so we're not, obviously, no. everything that we're saying does not apply to everybody. And no. this is just us having a conversation. But um, but a lot of the first half of our lives is all about taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. Now we have the opportunity. And again, I know that there's that idea. Sometimes we are taking care of our aging parents. And so that that is part of it. But but still, if you're not consumed by that, there's an opportunity to really lean into who you are, how God yeah. created you and get out there. Yeah. And here, but here's the thing. Here's what happens. And I see this all the time in my coaching practice. What happens is, we make our entire identity about caring for the people around us, about being a mom, being a wife. And so we get to that midlife point in our lives where there are no more kids in the house to take care of. And we don't know who we are to lean into it. We have no idea because we've crafted our entire identity around a job title. Yeah. Mom. (laughs) right? Or, you know, fill in the blank of whatever that is. And so often that's what I think more than anything in my coaching practice, I see more women at midlife at this stage than any other age, because they're going, oh my gosh, I have lost all sense of self. I don't even know what I like. I've liked the things I've had to like to appease everybody in my house. I don't even know what I want to do. You know, and so a lot of, a lot of what I do is, is coaching them and digging deep because here's the thing. I use the word reinvent, but the fact of the matter is it's never about reinvention. It's Mm -hmm. about rediscovering. Mm. It's about burying, unburying what's been buried. Yeah. Right. Those pieces of yourself that we just kind of threw dirt over because like, I can't deal with that. Now I have to deal with this and Mm -hmm. that can go on for decades. Well, now it's time to start digging and unbury, unearth what's always been underneath there. So it's not so much a reinvention, though it can certainly feel that way. It's more a rediscovering. Yeah. And and I think sometimes we're fearful because we have that picture of the balding older guy with the convertible that divorces his wife and, right. gets the court and you know, with the big boobs and all of the things. Yeah. Uh, 
And I, and then it has that negative stigma. So that it's, we're like afraid, what if I discover, and then I end up like my whole world gets blown up and, you yeah. know, like, you know, but and I, that and doesn't, you know what? it could happen. happen. It could happen. It could happen. And but it doesn't survive. <laughs> yes. But it doesn't have to happen that no, way. It like, does I not. feel like the last, I don't know. I feel like Jim has stayed a lot the same over the years. It's been yeah. the same. I have changed so much over the years, especially the last few years. Like mm-hmm. I've changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And at first there was a season and you and I talked about this and he and I talked about this. I was just like, I don't even know who you are and you don't yeah. even know who I am. And I was like, Oh, what does this mean? And, but we worked through it mm-hmm. and you will work through it. Like there it's, it's just an amazing gift you give to yourself. Yes. It'd be like, I don't know, be curious. Again, we talk about this all the time. This is the reason we do the podcast. You don't have to wait till you're having a midlife crisis. Heck no. Do these things before <laughs> live your freaking you're in a life. place of crisis. Yes. Live yeah. your freaking yeah. life right now. Yeah. yeah. Now, I know that that's, it's a legitimate fear. Um, That fear of, okay, will my husband still want me <laughs> as I go through yeah. middle age, as I start having heat flashes, as my waistline starts to expand. Um, you know, what's so funny. I tell Frank all, well, not all the time, but I have told him enough times that, that he, he knows this inside and out. Um, I will be a widow before I'm a divorcee because I will kill him before I have to divorce him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't mm-hmm. even think about it. Don't even <laughs> consider it. I will bury your ass. Like, don't, Oh my gosh, that is never so is never a concern. But I, I mean, I get it. I've seen it enough to know that it can absolutely happen. But I've also yeah. seen it enough to know yeah. that you can come out on the other side better mm. for it. You wouldn't have chosen yes. it, but you could be better for it. There is such 100%. a thing as post post traumatic growth if we choose it, mm. and I think that's the biggest thing about midlife. It's all about choice. You have more choices yes. than you've ever had. And the world yeah. is your oyster. It is not behind you. So what are you yeah. going to choose? I love this quote by Barbara Brown Taylor. She asked, what if I could follow one of my great fears all the way to the edge of the abyss, take a breath and keep going. Isn't there a chance of being surprised by what happens next? And then midlife, I just made me think like midlife may be the best opportunity to find, to find out. And so let's talk about if you can relate to any of this, if you're, and even like perimenopause starts sometimes oh late. Oh my 30s, gosh. Right. It starts way too early for some of us. Yeah. Let me just tell and you. So, and those when like the hormones change and you start to like, there's just different things that happy happen yeah. in our body. Um, but so what. I guess let's walk through some of the things that if you find yourself in this place, maybe you just, you feel like something's just off. You're feeling a little depression. You're feeling like so many different things, right? That, that can happen. Um, the first thing is talk to your doctor, yes. find a doctor that you trust and talk to your doctor about it. I think and that's get your important. hormone levels checked. Yeah. Ask for a hormone blood test. That is not something that most doctors will, they just don't, right. most 
don't think to do that. And so just say, I'd like to just see where my hormones are. And so please just give me a script for, for hormone tests. Um, I think that that is super, super helpful. Super important. I think if you are still struggling to heal things from your past, that it's time to see a therapist. If you have never seen a therapist in your life and you're still dealing with past issues and struggles, it's time to see a therapist. And if you are ready to move forward from where you are, it's time to hire a life coach. Yes. It's such a great time to hire a life coach. It really is. We love that, that when we meet with clients and we're able to help them, that it's a one-way conversation. It's Mm -hmm. all about the client. We have no agenda, but to say, do you want, where do you want to go? And then how do we help you get there, support you provide, yeah, some guidance along the way. I just love that so much for me personally, you and I both are recipients of coaching and I had last week was my, um, one of my calls with Nancy beach. And she just asked me some really, really powerful questions. As a matter of fact, she gave me, I'm looking for it right now. Um, where did I put it? Huh? She had me read a book. Something about, oh my gosh, I don't know where it is. You only have a dozen books behind you. It's fine. 4,000 books behind me, huh? Um, yeah. I don't know, upstairs or something, but anyway, it's just such a phenomenal book about this, um, chapter eight was all about like, okay, midlife didn't talk about crisis, none of that stuff, but like, okay, where do we go from here? And just some really powerful questions around, um, asking other people, like, what do you see in me? When do you see me come alive? When do Mm. you, when do you see me in that state of flow and things like that, that really, um, help to, for you to identify, like what you really love, what you like, what you want to learn more about, what do you want to, to give away in this season of life? Um, yeah. So coaching is huge. Um, I think talking to your friends, right? Like nothing tears down walls and sitting with a bunch of girlfriends and going, okay, I got to tell you something. Have a conversation about it. Just talk about it because we're all going through it. Okay. Yep. So well, you know what that made me think of funny, funny midlife story. And I don't know if I told this one on the podcast before I know I've told you this story before. So I know I'm, I'm only almost 45, but because of my hysterectomy and, and all that fun stuff, I've got one, one, one poor little ovary left that is working overtime and, and she's just about done. She, I can mm-hmm. tell she is just about done. And so we had friends over for dinner a couple months ago. And you know, this story, we embarrassing. And these are the stories we need to share with each other. We need to normalize this, but Uh we had friends over for dinner and I'm sitting at the table, listening to them talk and I'm listening to the husband talk. And I realize that what I'm hearing is because I'm not like something is happening to my body. Right. Yeah. Well, I was in full fledged heat flash, heat top to bottom heat flash. I had to excuse myself from the table, go back and close myself in my tiny little bathroom with the AC on to cool off. I came back out in a tank top and shorts. And I was like, listen, this is just life right now. I'm sorry. I am having a heat flash and this is what it looks like. And yep. How's dinner? Like, yeah, we need to normalize it. 
we need really, to be really able to have do. these conversations and share those moments. And I know like this is a little more personal, but like a few years ago, I went to my gynecologist and I was like, okay, something's wrong with me because I have no desire for sex, like mm. none, none. Yeah. And she didn't look at me like, oh my gosh, all yeah. the ambience. She was just like, yeah, that's normal. Yeah. You're, you're almost fit at the time. She's like, you're almost 50 years old. I was like, but that's not normal for me. Like I've not been this way most of my life. <laughs> like that yeah. was never an issue for me. And all of a sudden I felt like I was broken. Mm. And, instead of going, and then she just gave me some really great tips. She was like, okay, first of all, you know, here's a couple of things you can do, but also talk to your husband and like, just, this is normal and plan, you know, like set a date, like, you know what I mean? Like don't yeah. get out of the rhythm of it, even though you don't feel like it kind of a thing. And, um, I was like, Oh, she didn't make me feel crazy. And I think that right. that like being able to say that to your girlfriends and talk about that. And now I've told all my girlfriends. Um, but right. like that is, that is just, ah, I don't know. I just think that it does. It, it normalizes it. It also releases some of the stigma and then it also, absolutely the walls come down and it's like, Oh, me too. Not all the time. Right. I hope everybody's not feeling that way, but that can be absolutely the you know, change of your hormones and things like that. And again, an indicator, like something's probably not right here. Let there yeah. may be a hormonal imbalance. And of course yeah. there is. Um, but do you know what that makes me think of too, is, you know, I mentioned my hysterectomy and I only had that maybe three or four years ago. I went, when did I have that? 2018, I think was when I had it. And yeah. um, a couple of years after me. Yeah. And I know a lot of women really kind of, when they have to have something like a hysterectomy, I've heard them like they grieve it or they mourn it, or they feel like they've lost a lot of their womanhood or, you know, being sexually desirable is out the window because they can't reproduce anymore and things like that. And I'm just going to put out there for the record, having a hysterectomy was the best thing I have ever done for my sex life ever, ever, ever hands oh, down, hands down. Like if you yep. need it, do it, get it done, get it. Don't, there's no reason to suffer. And this is the only time you were ever going to hear me say anything about my sex life. Never been better since my hysterectomy. Never. The end. So this is all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's very true though. Very, yep. very true. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? Is there anything yeah, else? These are things we can do. Go see a therapist if you need to. Hire a life coach if you need to. Talk with your friends about it. Um, get to your doctor. Mm -hmm. Get those hormone levels checked. Also, embrace things you used to love, but you have set aside. What were those Ooh. things? What were the things that used to light you up, even in your childhood years? childhood, teens, twenties, mm. what were those things that before you were anybody other than you, you weren't mom, you weren't wife, mm. you weren't whatever your job title, what used to light you up and find a way to engage with that again, right? That's what the pool has been for me. Um, these are all things we can do to enter midlife without crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm embracing yeah embracing the phase I mean that's something that 
been talking about for years with like moms when you have little ones, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, you're not sleeping at night and all that. Embrace the phase because it's not going to, you know, it's not going to last forever kind of a thing. And I feel like that right now, like I feel so empowered to embrace the phase, to resist the cultural norm, to fight against something that is happening and is supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And I just wish more people would join us on this revolution of like, let's be ourselves. Let's not fight against it. And again, not coming from a place of judgment. If you dye your hair and you get Botox, all the, like, great. I celebrate yourself out. Yes. I'm just current. I'm saying currently I'm, I'm going, I don't think I want to do that. I don't, I don't. And I have the right to change my mind. Right. Right. But But I think it's about choosing what, yeah, it's about choosing what part of aging you're going to embrace. Because if we try to fight all of it, we're just going to get tired. Well, it's so true. You're just going to get tired. So what of your aging process are you choosing to embrace? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great start. I am still getting my hair highlighted. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you should like, cause you want to, right. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Yeah. Here it is. That's it. When you just, that is so perfect. I, if you want to, because you want to, then do it. If you want to, because you feel like you should, then maybe really give it some thought. And I think that's shutting on yourself. Yes. I feel like everybody is shutting on me. I'm looking around I'm looking at all these people and like, it's clearly like the plastic surgery is like so much that it's evident, right? It doesn't oh even my gosh. anymore. And I'm wow. going, why are we doing this to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Because it's actually having the opposite effect, right? Because now it's like, oh man, you are fighting getting older. Like and it is so apparent. Yeah. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. And so, yeah. So I, yeah, there's a couple of books that, um, were recommended. Yes. Darren Greatly. Um, how the- really anything by Brene Brown. It's so true. And Darren Greatly is phenomenal. Such a great one. Braving the um, Wilderness by Brene Brown also is oh, so good. So good. Oh, I love Brene Brown. I do. Um, that's funny. I feel bad about my neck and other thoughts yeah. on the woman by Nora Ephron. You talked about that earlier. And Nora um, Ephron is the woman who wrote the movies, uh, you've got mail sleep is in Seattle. When Harry met Sally, those are all Nora Ephron movies in case you're wondering uh, who that is. Yeah. I knew that name sounded familiar, but I couldn't, I couldn't place it. Um, I love this book. You are a badass. How to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life by Jen Sincero. I don't know hmm. if I'm saying her name or Sincero. Um, Kelly got me that book years ago and the little button. Do you remember that? It was like the, remember the staples button that's, I didn't say Oh no. yeah. The easy button. But yeah. this was a badass button. <laughs> and so anytime you doubt it, the book, like it's a whole thing yeah. um, with her, but yeah, you just push the button and it says you are a badass and it'll say a bunch of different fun phrases that will just remind you. So get one of those, put it at your desk, put it that's by your nice. bed, whatever you have to do. Yeah. Learning to walk in the dark by Barbara Brown. Oh, I've read that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just so many resources. And I think that I want to continue this conversation because I know that we have people that listen to this podcast that are in their twenties and thirties. And then we have people that are in their seventies and eighties listening Mm -hmm. to the podcast. And so we all, we can, this is great conversation to just 
look back and reflect or even just to prepare for like, oh, start thinking about it now when you're in your 20s and 30s so that it's not a crisis yes. when things begin to change, right? And mm-hmm. and if you're doing the work now and you're listening to this podcast, again, we're giving you the matches to ignite your personal revolution so you don't have to wait till you're having a midlife crisis right. to start living your freaking life. Start living your freaking life right now. Yes. Yep. It is. It is so exciting. It's, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of lighting, lighting a fire in your belly. You know, we, Mm. we let the fire go out, you know, we Mm -hmm. let it go out because we, we give ourselves and give of ourselves and give of ourselves, particularly when, you know, kids are young or you're building a career or whatever it is. And, and that fire turns to embers. We need matches Mm. to light it up again, to light it up again. And so these are, these are the matches. These are the matches. Yeah. But yeah. It's a good conversation. This is good. Yeah. All right. Couple, we, we have we've got some plans for the next couple. Well, through the end of the year, through the end of the year, hot topics. we do. I'm really excited. It's I like good. the plan. Yep. Yeah. All right, friends. Me too. We Thanks will for listening see guys. You next if you week. find this, if you find this to be helpful share it. There are a lot of people that can benefit from this conversation to feel seen, not invisible and not alone. Give it away. Share. Yes, please. All right. See ya. Have a great week. Bye.